Well, good morning, everyone. Oh, you can do better than that. Good morning, everyone. Yes. Very good to have you all here at our all-age service. If you're here in person or if you're watching at home, you're very, very welcome, particularly if you're a guest uh, of someone who's brought you along. Please do make yourself known to us, and we'd love to make you feel incredibly welcome, both this morning and for the rest of the activities that go on in the life of the church. My name is Nathan. Uh, I'm the youth and children's worker here at the church, if you don't know me. Uh, and I'm going to be leading us through this morning's all-age service. And as I say, it is all-age. It's for every single one of you who are here. It's for every single one of you who are watching at home, because God's word is for everyone. And that's what we're going to be focusing our time on. We're going to be singing some songs. Some of them might have some actions that you can get involved with if you want, but you don't have to. Um, there's going to be some prayers where we speak to God. Because he's our, he's our father who listens and wants to hear when we cry out to him. There's going to be some activities for you to take part in, either as an individual or as a couple. You might have already noticed some pen and paper underneath your chair. If you're at home, you might want to grab a piece of paper yourselves as well so you can take part in some of our activities. And then there's also some time for you to talk, maybe with the person you've come along with, or there's a couple, to think about some of the things you're going to be hearing today from me from the front, but more importantly, from God and his word as we try to unpack what God has to say to us this morning. So lots to get through this morning. And because there's so much to get through and we struggle to kind of manage ourselves, I'm going to begin our service before we sing some songs by praying, asking God to help us as we gather this morning. It's going to be a really simple prayer. So if you agree with what I say, say a big amen at the end. Let's pray. Father God, please, for every single one of us here, in person or watching at home, help us listen. Lord, help us learn. And Lord, as we listen and learn, help us live differently because of what you teach us this morning. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, now is our time, as said at the beginning, there's some activity, some challenges, some tasks for you to do. And so under your seat, you should have a piece of paper and you should have a pen. It'd be great if you could get those now because I'm going to set you uh, a challenge. Okay, On the screen, Dan, if you want to put it up there, is a grid, a noughts and crosses grid. Okay, If you want to draw that on your piece of paper, feel free. To draw the knots and crosses grid. Okay, and your challenge, we're going to give you a minute countdown. Okay, a video is going to come on the screen in a minute. And while the video's on, here's your challenge. You can do it by yourself if you want. You can do it as an individual. You can work together as a couple or as a family. It's up to you how you do it. Your challenge is this. You need to put six X's into the grid. But your six X's can't make three in a row in any direction. Okay, does that make sense? So you need to put six X's in the grid. Six, not five, not seven. Six X's, but you can't make a three in a row in any direction. Make sense? Are you ready to take part in the challenge? Minute on the clock, Dan. Here we go. Right. Hands up. Oh, we're going again. Hands up who was able to solve the puzzle. Okay, quite a few. Hands up if you just don't have a clue. <laughs> right, quite a few as well. 
Do you want me to show you the answer? There's our grid. There you go. There's two possible solutions. Basically, it's one solution. Another one as well. John. Very good. So those are the two that I found. Basically, it's a mirror image of the two. Basically, if you went one in the middle, you've, yeah, you're absolutely snookered straight away. So two or possibly three solutions okay, to our tricky puzzle. Right? Not impossible, but a bit of a tricky puzzle. Okay? I guess, why on earth did we do an Orton Crosses puzzle to begin our service today? Well, here's the point. Today in our true Bible story from the book of John, we're going to come across not a, a tricky puzzle with a few possible solutions, but we're going to come across a situation that was seemingly impossible. Absolutely no solutions whatsoever. But... Well, we'll find out. (laughs) Because we're going to have our reading to begin to help us understand what the story is all about. Emma and Jen are going to come forward and they're going to read the first part of our reading together. And I'm going to put up on the screen a few questions. Okay, As they read the verses, I want you to be looking out for the answers to these questions. The words that they're going to read are going to come up on the screen. So Danny, you happy to do that? So you can follow along what they say. But be thinking about these questions as they read. What is the impossible situation? And why is it so impossible? Okay, thank you, Jen. Thank you, Emma. This is from John 6, verses 1 to 10. After this, Jesus went across Lake Galilee, or Lake Tiberias. Many people followed him because they saw the miracles he did to heal the sick. Jesus went up on a hill and there sat down with his followers. It was almost the time for the Jewish Passover feast. Jesus looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him. He said to Philip, Where can we buy bread for all these people to eat? Jesus asked Philip this question to test him. Jesus already knew what he planned to do. Philip answered, Someone would have to work almost a year to buy enough bread for each person here to have only a little piece. Another follower there was Andrew. He was Simon Peter's brother. Andrew says, Here is a boy with five loaves of barley bread and two little fish, but that is not enough for so many people. Jesus said, Tell the people to sit down. This was a very grassy place. There are about 5,000 men who sat down there. Thank you very much. Okay, there's the first part of our story, our true Bible story this morning. Do you remember our questions that I was asking you to think about as that was read? What was the impossible situation and why was it so impossible? Have 10 seconds in your own mind. What do you think? Don't talk to the people around you, but just have 10 seconds yourself to think. What was the situation and why was it impossible? Right, well, let's have a closer look at the story to see if we can come up with the answers to those questions together. Now, here's a map of what the country of Israel would have looked a little bit like in the day of Jesus. You'll notice some places we've got Bethlehem down there. See that? Where Jesus was born. We've got Jerusalem, the capital city of Israel. But our story today takes place way up here up in the top corner, around the Sea of Galilee. There we are, zoomed in. Jesus and his disciples are at one side of the Sea of Galilee. And you'll notice, at the beginning of the verses, they take a little trip. They take a little trip across the Sea of Galilee to this top right-hand corner here. 
where the star is. But any plans that Jesus and the disciples have for a nice weekend break, a little getaway, maybe a little beach holiday on the Sea of Galilee, are soon cancelled because it's not just them that arrive at that side of the lake, but soon they're followed by people. A people, a crowd of people follow them. Now, why? Why do these people want to follow Jesus? Well, the verses told us, didn't they? They had seen or they had heard about all the amazing things Jesus had been doing. In our series in the book of John in the mornings, we've seen some of them so far. He, he turned water into wine. That was a first sign to show the people who he might be. He healed a boy who was really close to dying. Last Sunday, uh, or two Sundays ago, Neil helped us think about, he even healed the legs of a man who hadn't walked in years and years and years. Jesus had done some amazing things, and these people had either seen it or heard about it, and so they wanted to follow Jesus so that they could see more amazing things. And wouldn't you? If you had heard or seen a guy that had done amazing things, you'd probably want to follow him too, to see more incredible stuff. But then we get to verse 5. Here it is on the screen. Jesus looked up and saw a large crowd coming towards him. He said to Philip, that's one of his disciples, where can we buy bread for all these people to eat? An impossible situation. Impossible. Now you might be sat there thinking, well, that's a big word, impossible, right? Really? Impossible? Buying some bread for some people? You know, I've done a bit of catering in my time. You know, I've, I've had 20 people around on Christmas Day and I've fed them very well. I've done quite a few Christmas parties in my day, right? I've, I've done well, a bit of catering. Shouldn't be too hard, right? A bit of organization, a bit of hard work. Not impossible. Well, let's have a closer look just to see how hard or how impossible this situation is. Let's start with the people. Again, did you notice it? As uh, Emma and Jen read, it says there were 5,000 men there. Now, that's not taking into account any women or children that might be there too, almost certainly there too. So it's more likely that there would have been maybe 10,000 or 15,000 or maybe even 20,000 people there that had followed Jesus to this side of the lake. But let's say, for argument's sake, uh, 10,000, right? Let's go a low estimate. There's probably more, but let's say 10,000 people. This morning, Long Crendon, we'll have a look around. There was just under 100 people that had signed up to come to the service this morning, according to Church Sweet Helen. I had a look this morning. There's maybe a little bit more now. About 100 of us. Can you look around? Can you see some of them? About 100 of us here in this room. At home, take my word for it. There's about 100 people here, right? Imagine we, as 100 people, were represented by this one green dot. That's us. 100 people, we are this green dot. Say, yeah, green dot, that's me. Yeah. Well, there wasn't just one green dot that followed Jesus, 100 people. There was... A hundred green dots, a hundred times a hundred people, 10,000 people had followed Jesus to this little beach by the Sea of Galilee. That is a lot of people, right? That is a lot, a lot of people. 
So that's the people. What about the plan? Well, Philip, one of the disciples says, right, if that's how many people we've got, let's think practically, right? Let's think logically. How on earth are we going to even begin to feed these people? He says, someone would have to work almost a year to buy enough bread for each person here to have only a little piece. One person working one whole year so that everyone gets one bite. That's Philip's logical thinking. Right, let's work that out. Well, let's be kind, right? One bite isn't very much. Let's be kind. Let's try and give everyone 10 bites, right? That's probably kind. That would take one person 10 years so that everyone gets 10 bites. But what's the problem? They don't have 10 years. They have 10 minutes, right? The people are there. They're hungry. They can hear the grumbling tummies. Where on earth are we going to be able to feed 10,000 people? Well, then... Not just the plan, but Andrew says, right, we, we, we have something, a pack lunch, right? We have a little boy's pack lunch. Right, what have I got here? Six rolls, they only had five, some tuna, right, cans of tuna, right? That's what they had, a little boy's pack lunch. Now, if we were here, we're the green dot. How many people would this feed with us this morning? Two people? Yeah, two hungry people, right? <laughs> Maybe if we shared and had one tuna sandwich each, you know, five people. Colin, if you halved it, I doubt you would, but if you halved it, maybe ten people, right? But how many people do they need to feed? Ten thousand. Here's the green dots again. Ten thousand. Ten thousand people with that. What word best describes this situation? impossible right this is an impossible situation but in the very middle of this impossible situation stands jesus in the middle of this impossible situation stands jesus now jen and emma didn't read the next verses but we're going to read them together let's see what happened next let me read it to you Jesus took the loaves of bread, he thanked God, and gave it to the ten people who were sitting closest. He did the same with the fish. He gave them a nice lunch, and they went home. (laughs) The end. Let's go. Is that what happens next? It's what we'd expect to happen next, wouldn't it? That's all they've got. Some loaves, some tuna sandwiches, ten people, nice lunch, go home. No. No. Here's what it really says. Jesus took the loaves of bread. He thanked God and gave it to the people. That's all the people who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish. He gave them as much as they wanted. Jesus just fed 10,000 people with that. Let me say that again. Jesus just fed 10,000 people with the little boy's packed lunch. The people were hungry. They needed food. And when it seemed impossible, Jesus met their need. Isn't that amazing? Jesus did the impossible. He met the needs of these people. What a great story. Right? What a great story that is. But I wonder what you're thinking as you've heard that story. 
Maybe you're sat there and you're thinking, I've heard it before, <laughs> right? This is a story I've maybe heard 10, 20, 100 times at a Sunday school or a church. I know this story and I've heard it before. Maybe you're thinking, who is this man that's able to do the impossible? Or maybe you're thinking, it's a great story, but what's it got to do with me? That was way back then. What has that got to do with me? Well, we're going to find out a little bit later on in the second part of our service. We're now going to turn to God and speak to him in prayer. Uh, Again, we heard in our story of how God meets needs. He meets the people's needs. He can meet our needs too. So Jane's going to come up and she's going to pray, bringing to God some of the needs that we have as a church. So Jane... You're very welcome. We come to you this morning to meet with the one who is worthy of all honour, glory and praise and who calls us to pray and be thankful. We do thank you for the privilege of prayer that we come to a God who listens to every word. We come together as your church with thanksgiving that we have this privilege and freedom of meeting as a family, your family. We thank you for each person here and the families they represent and for those joining us online both far and near. We thank you for the blessing of friendship, the care and concern we have for one another, the many gifts you've blessed us with. We praise you because you shower us with blessings. You know our needs before we do. We thank God for your mercy and grace. Jesus looks to meet our needs, whether it's hunger loneliness, illness, or many other things. We are indeed all one family, and we thank you that we can bring before you our brothers and sisters. Lord, we ask you to take special care of Pippa and Lila Lash's home and Stuart, and with others with their health. We give thanks for our dear friends, Steve and Matilda Smith, who are part of our church family, and also part of the Whitcliffe Bible Translators family. Thank you for the skills you've given Steve to enable him to make such good progress with Branchu and Bulan Bibles in spite of complex writing systems. We pray you'll give them both wisdom as they plan to visit family in Canada in the summer. But before the summer, we thank you that we can look forward to booking a place in the Jungle Adventure Holiday Club for all primary school children. Lord, we thank you that although our world has been shaken and many plans have been changed, you are still in control. Your faithfulness is unshakable. You are our refuge and strength, and nothing will separate us from the love of Christ. We bring our prayers and thanks to you, our Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right, we're going to have our second Bible reading now that carries on in the story that we have already looked at so far. Irene's going to come and bring it to us. But again, up on the screen, I'm going to put two questions. So as Irene reads it, I want you to look out for what you think the answers are to these two questions. What happens as Jesus meets the people's needs? Look out for that. What else happens? And what surprises you about that? Okay? Irene, thank you so much. Then Jesus took the loaves of bread... He thanked God for the bread and gave it to the people <clears throat> excuse me, who were sitting there. He did the same with the fish. 
He gave them as much as they wanted. They all had enough to eat. When they had finished, Jesus said to his followers, Gather the pieces of fish and bread that were not eaten. Don't waste anything. So they gathered up the pieces that were left. They filled 12 large baskets with the pieces that were left of the five barley loaves. The people saw this miracle that Jesus did. They said, he must truly be the prophet who is coming into the world. Jesus knew that the people planned to come and take him by force and made him their king. So he left and went into the hills alone. Thank you, Irene. So there's the questions again up on the screen. Again, this time, I want you to turn to the person next to you and have a chat. What else did you notice happened as Jesus met the need of the people? And what was surprising about it? Go on, turn to the person you came with, turn as a family, turn to your children, turn to your parents. What else happened and what was the big surprise? Okay, maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't. It doesn't really matter though because we're going to have a look at it together and to see if we can see what else happened and why is it surprising. Because again, remember where we've been so far? We were in an impossible situation, weren't we? Jesus had to feed 10,000 people with this, a little boy's packed lunch. And when it seemed impossible, Jesus met the need of he met their needs. They were hungry and he gave them what they needed. But for Jesus to just meet the need of the people, one tuna sandwich each would have been enough. They were hungry. They needed food. Here's some food. Here's it. One bite each. That would have been meeting the need of the people, wouldn't it? He gave them what they needed. But hopefully you noticed as you read the verses that Irene gave us, Jesus goes way beyond meeting the need of the people did you notice that Jesus doesn't just meet their need Jesus meets their need and more <laughs> again here's some of the verses notice the words in green Jesus gave them as much as they wanted not just one bite keep eating guys do you want some more yeah you want to have some more yeah, yeah here you go here's some more have as much as you want they all had enough to eat the person at the back that's a little bit far away, uh, let's, let's forget about them. No, no, give them food. They need it. Give, 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 give as much as they can eat. Everyone. And then to make it even more incredible, not just eat until you're full, there was leftovers. Twelve baskets full of leftovers after Jesus meets the need of the people and more. Jesus goes way beyond anything that was expected. All the people there are full. You can imagine, can't they? Like, after you've had your Christmas dinner or a lovely Sunday roast, you just sit there, you unbuckle the belt a little bit. Oh, that's what the people were like. They were full. They were satisfied. They were stuffed. Right? The people needs had been met. <laughs> and more. Jesus meets the people and their needs more than was than was expected. But as you again hear that story, remember the question I left you with before the reading. What on earth has this got to do with me? It's a great story. Jesus meets the people's needs and he meets it amazingly more than they could have imagined. But what's that got to do with me? What's that got to do with you? 
Well, as you hear that truth, Jesus meets their need and more. I wonder what you think. Now, some of you at home or watching here in person might think, that sounds great, right? Jesus meets the people need and more. Here's what it's got to do with me. Let me draw up my list, right? Oh, what are my needs? Oh, a lovely holiday. Oh, I fancy that. Maybe a nicer car, a big house, or oh, a bit of more money in the bank, right? Let's draw up my list and let's bring it to Jesus. He meets their need. He meets it more. Happy days. Is that what Jesus is doing here? Is that what Jesus is offering here? To be like a magic genie meeting our wants? No. He offers to meet our needs. Some of you might be sat there thinking, great story. Thanks, Nathan. Thanks for... <laughs> they're afraid of that. Thank you for bringing it to me. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm not a charity case. I don't need anything. I don't need anything from you. I don't need anything from church. I don't need anything from Christianity. I definitely don't need anything from this man, Jesus. I've got it sorted. My life's fine. I don't need anything. I've got this. I'm okay, thanks. Is that you? Maybe some of you are sitting there thinking, you know what? If I'm honest, and it can be hard to admit sometimes, can't it? But if I'm honest, I really do have needs. Real needs. Genuine needs. Needs that are tough, needs that are hard, needs that are messy. It could be needs of health, needs of addiction, needs of broken relationships. It could be feelings of fear, feelings of loneliness, feelings of sadness, real, genuine needs. Can you look at me if you're not looking? Can you hear what I'm about to say? Jesus knows, Jesus cares, Jesus is able. Please, please, please come to Jesus to have those needs met by him. He can, he knows, he cares, he is able. Please come to Jesus with those real, genuine needs. But what else I'm going to say is this. The Bible tells us that there is a need, not, the, not just some of us have, but all of us have. A need that goes deeper. A need that is bigger. A need that is greater than any other need out there. Cal, come and join me. Let's help us think about what that might be. Now, Cal, we've been in COVID, haven't we? We've had lockdown after lockdown. And the truth is, you just haven't been out much over the last few years, right? You've been locked at home. And so I want to help you in case you come into a social environment like you are today. You know, you haven't been in much of these environments recently. So I want to remind you how to greet someone in case you come across someone in a situation like this. Because you've forgotten. I don't, I don't want, you know what? I'm doing this because I really care for you. I don't want you to be embarrassed or worried about what you might have to do in a social situation, okay? So I'm going to help Callum understand how to say hello to someone because he's forgotten. He hasn't done it for a while, okay? So Callum, here's what you do, okay? Get your right hand, okay? That's it, right hand. You're going to put it out, and then you're going to lock it in, okay? So you right hand, put it out, and you lock it in, and then you shake. That's called a hand shake. See what I've done there? A hand shake. Okay. okay. Have you got that? I think so. Right. Do you want to give it a go? Okay. So, right hand. And out.
What do we think? Was that right? What did, what did Callum do? He slapped me. But here's the question. What do you think Callum deserves? <laughs> do we think? Would you agree with that? Callum slapped me. What does he deserve? Nothing. Nothing? He deserves a slap back, I'll tell you that. If Callum deserves a slap back, what does he need in that moment? What's his greatest need from me? He deserves a slap. What does he need from me? Mercy. He deserves, well, he deserves a slap. He needs me not to slap him. (laughs) To not give him what he deserves. That's what his need is. And see, this is a picture, Carl slapping me, is a picture of what the Bible teaches is about me and you. It's a picture. Here's another verse from the Bible that helps us understand it a little bit more. It's from Isaiah 53, verse 6. It describes us as sheep. We all, like sheep, have wandered away. Each of us has gone his own way. You see, the Bible is really clear. It says, God made us. (laughs) He made you. He loves you. And he wants what's best for you in every situation. But every single one of us, in lots of different ways, have wandered away from God. Wandered away from his good way, his perfect way. We say to God... God, I don't want you. I don't need you. And you know what? I can't stand you. (laughs) It's what the Bible calls sin. It's life with I in the middle. S-I-N. Life with I in the middle. It's all about me, 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 me. I, 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 I. Not about other people and definitely not about God. Life about me. My wants, my desires, my needs. Me, 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 me. And like Cal slapping me, if we give a big slap in the face to God saying, I don't want you, I can't stand you, what do we deserve from God in return? If we reject God, we deserve that he rejects us, right? That's the fair consequence. We deserve to be punished by God for the way we've treated him. If we deserve to be punished, what's our greatest need Mercy. Our greatest need is that God doesn't give us what we deserve. That he gives us mercy instead. And that's the amazing news of the Christian faith. That's the good news of the gospel. God meets our need. We deserve rejection. We deserve punishment. We need mercy. And God gives it to us. He doesn't give us the punishment our sins deserve. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? God doesn't give us what we deserve. But there's more. There's more, Cal. You slap me in the face. And you deserve that I'm going to slap you right back. But I'm not going to slap you. Instead, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you a bag of Haribo. And Cal... I'm not just going to give you a bag of Harry, but I'm going to give you five bags of chocolate coins that you can give to anyone you want in this room. There you go. There you go. Anyone, anyone fancy a bag of chocolate coins? Put your hand up. Right. Cal, you go and give them. Very good, Cat. Watch your head. Oh, watch your head, Luca. Yes, Sam. 
Yes, Alan. I'll tell you what, Carl, I'm not just going to give you a bag of Haribo. I'm not just going to give those five people a bag of chocolate coins. If everyone wants to look under their seat, you'll find there's a bag of sweets for everyone here. Sellotape or mask and tape to the corner of your seats. Have a look under your seat in the corner. You might have to look hard because we taped them on you yesterday. There should be some masking tape. If you're upstairs, Lisa's going to give you it. Can you find it? There's a treat for you all. And there's a, there's a treat on every chair. So if there's a chair empty next to you, go and claim it because there's a seat there. Has everyone got their bag of sweets? Has everyone got their bag of sweets? Hopefully. At home, I'm so sorry. But you need to be up on the balcony. Has everyone got their bag of sweets? And do you know what? I'm just, I just want to, here we go. There's some more bags of sweets. There's some more. Just some more. There we go. At the back there. Hupa. Over here. Hupa. Over the balcony. Hupa. Hupa. In the corner. There we go. Just over here. Over the back. Right, and just some more. So, there's another bag. Right. It's a picture, isn't it? It's a picture, it's a picture, it's a picture. It's a picture of God's grace. God doesn't just meet our need. He meets our need and more. He meets our need by giving us mercy. He meets our need and more by giving us grace. He doesn't just not give us what we do deserve. He gives us what we don't deserve. He, just to name a few, he adopts us into his family so that we can become sons and daughters of the king. He gives us life with meaning and purpose. He gives us the hope of heaven. He gives and gives and gives again. It's undeserved. It's free. It's for everyone. It keeps coming. It never runs out. It's good, isn't it? And the question I want us to land on is, how can God do that? How can God give us mercy and grace that's so undeserved? Well, you'll notice in the passage, as it was read to us by Jen and Emma and by Irene, John, he mentions some random details that as you read it again, and I'd encourage you to go home and look out for them. There's some random details that you think, why on earth do you say that, John? What's the point? Why is it there? And one of those little details is John 6 verse 4. He says, it was almost the time for the Jewish Passover feast. Why on earth, John, do you mention that? Well, you see, the Passover feast, it was a reminder of a story in the Old Testament. A story where God's people were rescued from facing the punishment that their sins deserved. How? Because a lamb was killed in their place. And when God saw that the blood of the lamb was on the door of the people, he saw the blood, he saw that someone had died in their place. And instead of the punishment falling on them, it 
passed over them. And that's why it's called the Passover. It passed over them. It didn't fall on them like it deserved. The lamb had taken their place. And do you remember our verse from Isaiah 53? It went on to say this. We all like sheep have wandered away. Each of us has gone his own way. But the Lord has put on Jesus the punishment for all our sin. How can God give us mercy and grace? How can God meet our needs and more? Here's how. Jesus. The cross. The cross of Jesus Christ. Jesus lived a perfect life. And like a lamb at Passover, he died in our place. He took the punishment that our sins deserve. He was rejected so that we could be accepted. Through Jesus, our needs can be met and more. Not just needs of a little packed lunch for 10,000 people, but every single need. Our greatest need of mercy and grace. Jesus meets our need. Jesus can meet your need and more. Here's the question I want to leave you with. Because John, in writing the book of John, where this story can be found... He finishes this book by saying this. The reason I've written everything down, the reason I'm writing the story of Jesus Jesus feeding 5,000, 10,000 people is this. These are written so that you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. Then by believing, you can have life through his name. You see, John wants you to believe. He wants you At home here, he wants you to believe that Jesus is who he says he is. The Messiah, the King, the Christ. The one who came not to be king to rule, but a king to die. A die as a lamb in your place. That you believe that, that you trust that. And by believing that, you receive. Believe and receive. Receive what? Life. Life now. Life forever. Life that knows mercy. Life that knows grace. Do you believe? Have you received? You can. (laughs) Today, now. By trusting in Jesus. His cross. Him dying in your place. And life will never be the same again. Here's how we're going to finish our time together. Because I'm going to turn it over to you. I think I've said too much. Because I want you to talk to each other. And I want you to share your story. If you're a Christian, if you have believed and received, I want you to turn to the person next to you. It could be your husband, it could be your wife, it could be your child, it could be your parent. Share the story of when that happened. Share your story of believing in Jesus. Why? How? What was different? What changed? If you're someone who's here, who's maybe a guest, a friend of someone, listen. (laughs) Listen to the story of someone else who's maybe brought you. Ask questions. Maybe share something of, what do you make of this claim that Jesus can meet your needs and more? And then after you've shared, I'm going to give you a good five minutes. Maybe turn to pray. If it's appropriate, or just listen to someone else praying. Thanking God for what he's done for you. Or maybe asking him into your life for the very first time. Can you do that? Can you turn maybe to the people around you? It could be as a couple. It could be as a bigger group. Share your story of believing and receiving. And then we're going to come and finish off our service together. So over to you. Let's have five minutes together. 
sharing your story. Off you go. And can I just say a few things before we finish off our service? We're going to sing some songs now in response to what we've heard. But if you do have any questions about anything I've said today, please do ask. We'd hate for you to leave without asking the questions you have about the Christian faith, who this man Jesus is. So talk to me, talk to Colin, talk to Saab, talk to Neil, talk to the person that you came with, talk to the person you sat next to, just ask your questions. We've also got a service this evening at 6 o'clock. Colin's going to be speaking. And we're going to, we only touch the surface on God's, our need of mercy and God's fantastic grace. If you want to go a little bit deeper into understanding why on earth do we need that, come tonight because we're going to go deeper into Ephesians chapter 2 that points to our need of mercy and grace. So come along this evening if that's helpful to you. In a few weeks time, March the 27th, we're going to have an evening service dedicated to sharing the Christian faith in a really simple and clear way. So again, if you want to know more, if you know someone in your mind that you'd love to invite to, please have that date in mind. We want to share Jesus with each one. So please make use of these opportunities. Let's stand and let's sing two songs that speak of God's mercy and then of God's grace. Use them as prayers to express thanks. Use them as a chance to celebrate truth. So let's stand and sing together for the first one. During the, the verse, the chorus, I'm going to do the actions because the song is His Mercy is More. So if you feel as if you want to express yourself in physical form, follow along with me, but you don't have to. Okay, so His Mercy is More, and then we're going to sing The Lord is My Salvation. Just stay standing as we close. Again, do carry on those conversations that you began to have. If you want to continue to share your story of receiving and believing, if you want to keep asking questions of the person that you are listening to, please do carry on that uh, with teas and coffees available. Also, if you, there's a chair around you that wasn't occupied, do grab the sweets from those too. Uh, but let me leave you with the verses from John 20, verse 31. But these are written so that you can believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, then by believing You can have life through his name. This offer is for you today. You can. The question is, will you? Have you? Let me close in prayer. Father God, we asked at the beginning of our service that you would help us listen, that you'd help us learn, and that you'd help us live. Lord, I pray that you'd answer that prayer, that you'd bring life to believing hearts. Bless the rest of our day, I pray. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. And hopefully see you soon.